0: again, live from, well, the attic of a barn, it's the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on Blog Talk Radio and the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network. Live from the posh penthouse studio of the Asylum Sports
1: Network, we are Flinger and Briggs. Brought to you this week by Rosemary Lake. There we go. The brought modern farm you market yourself. of
0: Parisville, PA. It's the modern farm yeah, market. You. Ooh, you have a tagline now. Yeah. I like that. Very That's nice. It, buddy. Classy.
2: Yeah, I there are enough young
0: it. people in Harrisville, PA, to want something modern. Actually, there's uh, a lot. Yeah, oh. well, that, that's good to know. I so. mean, in the whole area, we have gotten lots
1: and lots of young clientele, mm-hmm. and we love it. In fact, we're actually talking about, uh, you know, maybe in the future looking into the rock dollars from Slippery Rock University and so
0: forth. Awesome and opening a disco tech, I think is what Rick's doing. A disco tech. Good God! And you talk about my age, I'm to keep Lord. it young for you. Thank you for uh, smashing the, the table, Rick, and knocking my other computer out. <laughs> so that'll work out lovely. Yeah. When a plastic water bottle rolls into a laptop, it
1: automatically should shut off, oh, right? That's what that It's one. a wonderful computer that you have. Yeah, that's you had that There's one.
0: Four ninety eight Kmart special. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into no, it. No, I think let's each other for an hour and a half it'd be much more fun week eight there's a game in the books there is a game going on is this the last of these godforsaken london games i i've had my fill of it seven three kansas city right now The anthony thomas scores on a 10 r- yard run helping no one's fantasy team once again way to go andy reed getting the job done we're going to take your calls. The chat room is up. You can call in 646-478-4679. We've got the mailbag. If I can get my laptop back up after Rick smashed Don't it. Don't worry, I bottle. have it. It's no big deal. We've I, got
1: plenty of emails. we got lots of uh, you know, tweets in the last week. And um, you know what? Like Rick said, call in. We also have uh, updated news right now. Apparently, Antonio Gates will run within the next 30 minutes. To see how his knee is, and then they will make
0: a decision on his status. I'm so, not uh, sure if that bodes well. Yeah, Even I, if they I decide agree. he's a go, how limited is he going to be? When you got a guy like Ladarius Green behind him, look, I don't know what your options are. If, if you've got an Antonio Gates behind him, where it may or may not be worth the risk, we'll look at any of those situations individually if you'd like to. But that makes me nervous, Rick. I mean, what are you dealing with? I know you have Gates, and well, you got Crockett Gilmore. uh, Crockett Gilmore. I I think for you, if Gates is a go, you probably have to roll. But but I'd be nervous. I'd be scared.
1: Yeah, it's very scary situation, especially when you have Green, and the only thing that really makes you wonder though is red zone. There's nobody better than right. Antonio Gates that Phil Rivers
0: likes to look for in a red zone. Yeah, and I think we and, talked about that a little bit last week where Antonio Gates, if you have a Crockett Gilmore, now, it's, again, it's going to depend right. who you have behind him. I think I see we got Jersey on the line. We'll get right to you, Jersey. I think we talked to him last week. Then we have a Gates and a Barnage situation. I think that was Jersey. I, yeah, I don't think we that talked about even it. close right. when
1: you're talking Gary Barnage. Yeah,
0: but... You're dealing with a Crockett Gilmore behind him if Gates goes, knowing there's going to be a ton of scoring in in this godforsaken Chargers-Ravens games. If Gates can only get on the field inside the red zone, he may still be worth the play.
3: Yeah, that's
0: the thing. You're you're talking
1: Crockett Gilmore. You're talking maybe what, like a Kyle Rudolph is is somebody like that. He did have
0: a touchdown last week, but he just – that's what you're counting on for him. Exactly. You have to get that touchdown because he's just not a big part of the exactly. offense between the 20s. And the emergence of Stefan Diggs, I think, makes that even worse, quite frankly, because you're going to see a ton of Adrian Peterson. That's what you do if you're the Minnesota Vikings, and quite wisely. And now you add uh, another threat in the passing game in Diggs, whereas Rudolph wasn't a big part of the passing game otherwise. I think, again, you're counting on him getting in the end zone, and, and I don't like dealing with that from Kyle Rudolph, I guess a discussion we're having the same discussion though. When you're talking about an Antonio Gates, I think you can count on it, you know, against Baltimore, they're going to get what four or five red zone opportunities. Very likely I would think. And if Antonio Gates can go in that realm, if you're dealing with you with Crockett Gilmore, I think he's worth the play. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's,
1: you just have to monitor it. And, um, you know, that's what we'll try to do at least, uh, while we're on the air just to see if any news comes in for Antonio Gates. And then, if he is playing, then we're going to start fielding the questions.
0: Oh, yeah, I there'll mean, be
1: about 30 of them. If, if he's out, in. it dismisses about 30 questions. Right. But yeah, uh, exactly. Okay, let's get the one that we got one earlier in the week. Uh, would you start a Marvin Jones over Fitzgerald and flex a Brandon LaFell? I mean, I answered this on Twitter, just a, a succinct no. No. And um, – <laughs> You know, Marvin Jones over Larry Fitzgerald.
0: I mean, Larry Fitzgerald had a down week, one week. Now, what I would have done, now this is long past since they played Thursday, you, you like to say it about Bishop Sankey constantly. You said it about somebody else Wednesday. I can't remember who it was. Well, I said it about the Tennessee running game. Right. It, in Well, there was somebody else. There was okay. somebody you quit trying to make somebody happen. All right. Andrews. No, it it wasn't on the Titans. I Ah, can't remember who Anyhow, I'm going to say this about Brandon LaFell. Enough. Enough with Brandon LaFell. He may pop up with a big game. He's not Randy Moss. The Patriots do what they do with Deion Lewis, one out of Garrett Blunt. They do with Edwin and Gronk. LaFell yeah. isn't going to emerge. He isn't going to be that next guy. Stop. Stop with this. All, all preseason. All right. Brandon LaFell. Brandon LaFell. Now, I know you've been a Brandon LaFell guy. You're a Brandon LaFell fan. You, you've all, back, back in his Carolina days, you were on top of him. And you think you take a guy like that with his skill set and you move him to New England, it should mean big things. It doesn't. Because unless your name has been Randy Moss, it hasn't meant big things to oh, Or Julian entire- Edelman. He's just not the possession guy. Well, and Julian Edelman West is Welker. the replacement for Wes Welker. Right. Right. Other than the one year with Randy Moss, there's never been right. an outside receiver. That's not how they do things in New England in that entire Tom Brady era.
1: Now you go back to those eras, like you said early on, You know, Troy Brown... Right. Was a viable flex play, but he was never like a WR1 or no. even a 2, really. And I mean, Phil Fell's not going to be. No, exactly. And plus, this guy doesn't seem to be able to stay on the field like a Troy Brown, no. which is just another minus when you got Danny Amendola, who is, is fragile in his own right, but he comes up with a big game now and again. Right. It, right. It's grown. Well, good
0: luck. Hit Lewis. That. And it's Julian Edelman. Yeah, and yeah, good and, and luck in the right blunt game. So. Exactly. All right, we have kept him on hold way too long. Sorry about that. Uh, our buddy Jersey in the house on the line. Jersey, good morning.
3: Hey, good morning, guys. Yeah, Junior did sit uh, in his top leg. He won, man. He blew out a guy that was 5 1, like 170 something to 1.2. Um, All right, Junior's um, on the,
0: come- or he- Junior's on the he comeback trail. Went- He's coming for you, yeah, Jersey. Yeah.
3: Hey, hey, he's three and four. I smoked him, man. Six am one I kicked his butt with 77. The 122, I got the weekly high again on our PPR league. So I smoked him. There.
2: But,
3: uh, you know, sometimes you've got you to take liquor from the big dog every once in a while. You know what I mean? Um, keep keep him in line. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was like What I did is in my 2-5 league, I actually traded the St. Louis defense. Piece. They're pretty good in that league. They gave me 30 points. I also traded um, Devontae uh, Adams as James Stark. I picked up James Stork, the Vikings defense, and Kendall Wright. So when I did the, the trade analyzer, it was like me 34 points getting versus giving up 24. I thought that was a pretty good deal because my running backs, everybody's here for Lacey. I got Lacey, I got McFadden now, I have Ryan Matthews, I have Deion Wilson getting 17 points, and I have um, Stewart. So I'm fine, and I only play two of them, and I play two receivers. I'm going to go with Hearns every week after this week and Mike Evans. So for me to trade, I mean, I have Green or on at my tight end, and I have White and D, and I got what to call it, uh, Matt, Matt Ryan or Eli Manning. So really, I'm struggling in the beginning with some stuff, but I think I'm set because really for me to get rid of what I got, I would make other teams stronger and if I play against them down road. Do you agree?
0: Oh, Jersey, I think you took him to the woodshed on this trade. Because I, I, Lady, Lacey's coming back. I don't know if he comes back with the fervor he came back. This is the same timetable he was on last season. And we saw what happened, finished the season with nine straight 100 yard games. Not so sure it starts today with, with going up against that Denver defense. But Lacey's going to be fine. You have enough depth that even with if Lacey would go down, I don't know how much you're going to use Starks. Devontae Adams, Rick, explain this one. This was one. He jumped up four or five rounds when Jordy Nelson went out in most uh, most uh, formats. And I was screaming, don't do it. He killed exactly. Devontae Adams. So you, you lost dead weight there. So the only thing you really gave up with that St. Louis defense and and the Vikings are fine. you getting them back. And I think you can play matchups on the waiver wire week to week. So, I, you definitely – bring in Jonathan Stewart. This is a guy historically, Jersey, I, I haven't been able to stand. And I spent a lot of time Rick knows screaming about right. that on the air. They're giving him the ball 25 times a game. And so far he's stayed healthy. Give me a back, especially with your stable. Week right. in and week out based on matchups. He's going to touch the ball 25 times. And I will take that every single time.
1: Yeah, Jersey. That's no, you know, I mean, you know – <laughs> Full disclosure here. I was I was screaming, "Don't go for Jonathan Stewart!" I, I swore he'd be be injured by this time this season. And I'm yeah. definitely wrong, and, and good for him. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's a volume guy. Ride him while you got him, you know. And I think that was a great move that you got.
3: Okay, that's 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 what I thought there. And, and another thing, well, my other my PPR team again. I'm going to get to the guy who's 0-7. I smoked him already, and I should be able to beat him this week. But here's my question. I mean, Brady, Brady gave me Brady gave me 42 points, and Lewis gave me 23. So I'm up like 65.54 to nothing. Now here's what I got. I got Cooper and Austin starting as my receiver because Benjamin's got Patterson on him. So I don't trust. I have to Adam. I don't trust him. And Watkins is on a bye. So my question is. Um, I have I have Levy and Bell, and I already use Deion Lewis. I have I have Hillen as my flex. Now, do you like Hillen as a flex, or again Benjamin and Adam scare me. And I also picked up Chris Sims. I dropped off Theo you know, Riddick and the Lake, you know, and I picked up Sims. Who gets not a bad amount of time from Stephen and Russian from Tampa Bay. Who do you like as my flex between Sims, uh, Benjamin, Adam? Or Hill, Good. I have Hill on
0: me now. Hill? Jeremy Hill.
1: Oh yeah, you got to talk into the Jeremy microphone. Hill, yeah, yeah. No, Hill, I was, sure. I was looking over. Okay, yeah, I was. Uh, uh, I tell you what, I you know, Jeremy Hill. You know, Pittsburgh is is it's going to be a tough matchup, I think. And uh, I tell you what, I like I like uh, Benjamin to be honest with you. I I think he is you know, with the exception of Barnage, is the go-to guy. And he's starting to emerge as a pretty viable uh, receiver. And, uh, you know, sticking him into flex, I think that's a pretty good shot. I would go him first and he'll second in my mind.
0: Yeah, f- for me, Jersey, I-, I get it. I hate the matchup, you know, him being the number one guy. It, it does look I like McCown. Yeah, going up against Peterson, it looks like McCown's going to go. I don't know how much of a difference, quite frankly, that makes. So the, the, there's certainly risk there. Here's the th- He's a number one option. They're going to move the ball. There's probably going to be some garbage time opportunities there. Here's the problem with Jeremy Hill. I think this matchup and what should be a shootout with the Steelers, with Ben Roethlisberger coming back, and, and really a desperate Steeler team, and we'll get into that later. But th- this sets up to be a Gio Bernard game. So sort of what we were talking about off the top of the show with, with Antonio Gates, you're going to be kind of counting on what you really have playing Jeremy Hill all season counting on him finding the end zone and waiting for that. It could still happen, but that makes me a little nervous. So you could play it conservative, being that you've already got 60 before you woke up this morning. That's a pretty darn good start. So you could play it conservative, Hill, and hope for that touchdown. But if you're chasing some points here, if you think you need to chase some points in a PPR, I think Benjamin will at least give you something. Hill could get in the end zone twice and have a decent little day. Or he could be completely shot out. I think you're going to see Travis Benjamin touch the ball a couple of times where you're not taking the hook. So it really depends on what your matchup's going to be. I would lean towards the way of Benjamin. I don't like to take that risk. I never have the luck of needing someone to get in the end zone to to help me out, and they never do it for me. Sounds like you're sitting there uh, with one loss and blowing the doors off people. You may have better luck. So it could work oh, out yeah. for you. I'm gonna lean Benjamin, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue with you if you play Jeremy Hale. Yeah,
1: yeah and and yeah. one one other thing here, Jersey. Uh just okay. maybe, maybe tipping my hand a little bit, and you know, we when we get into predictions or whatever, you know, Cincinnati's an undefeated football team. But the record right. of their um opponents right now is fourteen and twenty seven. Steelers ain't no, one I, of those I, teams.
3: And Big Ben's tough at home too, so that's why I told James. Junior's starting to Vikings defense. I had him pick them up. And I said "Sit, Cincinnati. Now, another thing looks like, if you don't mind. Like Sims, I draft Theo Riddick for Chris Sims. Who, who's not a bad option? I mean you know, I mean I mean the hamster gets a lot of the stuff but there are a lot of shootouts anyhow, but he does run the ball sometimes and he and does get stuff out of the backfield. Is Chris was worth it? You know, between Benjamin and Hill as a flex was he worth dropping Theo Riddick for it looks like in that in that crazy lions uh, backfield?
0: I, I think he's worth picking up. It, started. Started anyway. He's he's worth dropping for yeah, for Theo Riddick, who, who obviously that game's already going on. Anyhow, Joy Bell was, was active today. I have, obviously we haven't been watching the game, so I don't know who's been seeing the bulk of the carries for this week. I, I think for you, I like the, the the pickup of Sims, but I think he's going to be a desperation play if you if you get into some injury situations. Right. If you have a lot of buys hit at the same time sort of chasing okay. that PPR. They're going to keep giving Martin the ball 20 to 24 times every week, so so long okay. as it's working and it's been. So I wouldn't start him this week over the likes of a Benjamin or a Hill, but I, I like having – that's the kind of guy I like having on my bench. If I run into a tough situation some Sunday morning, you can plug him okay. in. You can break down three or four catches. So in a full-point PPR, you, you can almost lock yourself in for seven or eight points, and, again, at least you're not taking the hook completely, which okay. is just nothing worse.
3: Yep, yep. No, I appreciate that. Uh, last thing, So, do, do we start the Vikings D or, or the Panthers D? Well, I think uh, the Vikings, I know, are going against Chicago. they don't beat Chicago in Chicago. I think Chicago's 3-0. But they're playing good for defense. you got, you got Indiana, Indiana here, uh, Indianapolis at at the Panthers, I think maybe Monday night. But so do you like the Panthers D or do you like the Vikings D? If it's
1: me. If it's me, I like Carolina. I'm really starting to like this team. Right now, Indianapolis seems to be just in a free fall. And, you know, you're looking – a lot of people are, you know, it's that Indianapolis offense and so forth. But, you know, I mean, you know, Jay Cutler and them, they're still going to move the football. I mean, you know, Chicago's defense is pretty pathetic, but they still have, you know, they still have Matt Forte, Elshon Jeffrey, you know, Martellus Bennett and so on. I, if it's me, I'm going Carolina. I'm going right now with a proven commodity that is um, shutting teams down. And it, yeah, maybe you may get slapped in the face here or there, but uh, you know Carolina's playing some good football, and they're undefeated with an offense that isn't that dynamic.
3: Yeah, that's what I was wondering because I'm actually, I'm actually starting St. Louis over over the Panthers because they're going against the half-plus 49ers in that matchup. But, yeah, that's why uh, the junior was wondering, you know, which one of them I, I, I said go you in know, that and the other leg he's in, I said go with like you said, I guess I go with the Panthers. And the other one I told him to go with the Vikings he didn't have the Panthers. So I'll do it that way. Hey guys, I really appreciate everything. Best of luck to you guys. Uh this week I always appreciate you taking the call for me and Junior. I should be seven one. Hopefully Junior hits five hundred and both legs will go four and four. He's gonna roll in the cock So again, thanks a lot guys. I appreciate it. Best of luck to you have this weekend and we'll talk again next Sunday. Thanks again and have a good weekend.
0: All right. Appreciate it, Jersey. Good luck. This Thanks week. a lot, Thanks Jersey. A lot. Have a good one, buddy. All right, Rick. Well, let's move on. Uh, another another one of these slow days in the chat room. Rick, I hate they, these they, London they, games. London games crush us, man. Who's out there watching real football when you can hear us talk about what might happen in football That's later? Right. That's insane. Yeah, <laughs> what, yeah, why watch it for real? Yeah, what's what's the it, what are you doing? Uh, so I understand it. It, it. We get crushed here when these games are going on. So let's get into it. Uh, a couple headlines here. We got a little time. We'll maybe we'll do some starts and sits, pick some games, and then we'll we'll hit open the mailbag about uh, about quarter till maybe eleven o'clock. We'll see how the morning goes. Looks like Rick and I know this is a situation you deal with. Every report is. I don't think we have anything official from the team yet, but every report is Des is going to give it a go today. What do you do? Is this even a question? What What do you do? What are you doing?
1: What am I doing? I have, I'll be totally honest with you, I have Willie Sneed in my offense for New Orleans, hoping he can have a bit of a breakout game. For the simple reason, I know Willie Sneed's going to be on the field for, what, 75% of the snaps, if not more. Right. I don't know what Dez's snap count's going to be. He may play two plays, run a, a cut route, and feel just a slight twinge in that foot, And then he's out. They're not going to risk him. He may have a big game. I don't know. But do I want to risk it right now when I have a guy that's a starter? He's the clear number two on a team that's a fairly dynamic offense and is starting to find themselves. Unless you have nobody, I mean, buys are killing you or injuries, whatever. I got I got to be a little cautious. I got to wait and see.
0: Yeah, normally, and I have been burnt on this wait and see so many times. Normally, it seems the NFL the teams have gotten better in keeping these guys out till they're 100 percent ready to go. I still feel like Des is rushing himself back a little bit. I do too. I feel like the game yeah. plan. Almost, is one right. of the two. The game plan almost has to be: let's get out there, let's get some live game action, let's make a couple of cuts. Let's take a couple of hits. I don't think he's going to be on the field a ton. I think unless you're in a real desperate situation, it's what we talked about with Gates. It's what we talked about with, with Jersey, with Jeremy Hill. If you're chasing a touchdown, if this is a close game, I think this is why you activate him. You get down inside the red zone, and you got somebody for Matt Castle to fling the ball up to in the back corner of the end zone. Right. And that's what Des Bryant does best. I, unless I am real, real desperate. And you could be. There, there's some some major names on, on by this week. You look at the, the two islands down there in Jacksonville. You could find yourself pretty desperate. But it's going to be – I agree with you. If we'd, have, if we'd have got that question in the mailbag, Willie Sneed or Des Bryant this week, while you say Willie Sneed, and I kind of chuckle,
2: <laughs> yeah. the game,
0: name's terrible, he's terrible, uh, the Saints passing offense is, is basically terrible. I think you got to go with Sneed. Cause like you said you know he's going to be on the field 80% of the offensive snaps. I just don't know what it's going to be with Des. Right. I would rather I would rather come up on the wrong side of Des having a big game and me playing it safe for this one week than come up on the other side of it and sitting somebody down who could garner me 8 to 12 safe points that I know are coming. Des comes in, plays two snaps, takes a hit like you said, just doesn't feel right, right. not wholly, wholly into the game. And sits down and you take the hook. I'm trying to avoid the hook here. Is we're at midseason and it is crunch time. Right yeah, it
1: is. I mean, you know, unless you know you're in a situation where you're, you know, seven and zero or whatever, and you're blowing the doors off of people, and you can afford to throw him in there. Yeah, I, I maybe
0: that's. A yeah, situation. I just
1: don't think it's a. Or you know, or you're a two and five team, and like you said, you have to get back into this thing. Yeah, maybe you risk it. But other than that, if you're in the middle of the pack. You know, I, I would just wait, take the wait and see attitude. We got one in the chat room, Rick. We have a week eight quandary here. We have PPR. All right, two opposing running backs in the same game: Jonathan Stewart, Frank
0: Gore. I always hate that. I always hate it because then you got to sit there and watch your mistake. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to pick one of these in a full point PPR. Yeah. I just wrote Stewart down twice. Who was the other one? Gore. Gore. Yeah. I'm I'm taking Stewart here. Just just based on the defensive matchups. I tell you what, I'm going to give you a little thing of advice. Oh, okay. okay. I, I'm watching
1: the, the studio for calls. Okay. You talk into the mic when you're talking. Quit looking for ghosts on my screen,
0: <laughs> you know, on, the, on the cameras, and everything else. And, uh, you know, you won't be going back and forth. Well, we're, it's not at night now, so I'm well, not so worried true. about you, the you, ghosts. Well, that's my wife's we, down Right. There. We were here. <laughs> yeah, she'll she'll run them off. Yeah. He's not going to take any guff from them. But when no. we were here 1030 Wednesday night that uh, security cameras are creepy. and I, it, It's a lot, Rick. This it, place is haunted. It's, it's 100% true. 100% chance this place it's is haunted.
1: It's true. I mean, this is not a lie, folks. You know, we'll get back to the question <laughs> in a minute.
0: We're sitting here, and he is like a frickin'
1: prairie dog looking at the screen on the security <laughs> camera. We're, we're upstairs, and the, and the screen has—you know shows what's on the screen. And I ask him, what? You know, we were finishing up the Fantasy Sports Network show, and I ask him, what are you looking for? He goes, I'm looking for ghosts it's a lock, this place. And I'm it's just funny. like, you have got to be kidding me. You know? <laughs> no, oh, man, I'm serious. you are dead serious, man. You know, what a moron. Anyway, let's get back to Stuart. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, Stewart. I think Gore. I'll go Stewart as well, Rick, to be honest with you. I think offense, you're just waiting for it
0: to explode. Right. And every week they're floundering. And it yeah. may. It's, Andrew yeah. Luck's too good. T.Y. Hilton's too good. But, we think Frank Gore's pretty good. I, still, you, you worry about him, but I'm convinced, like you said, Jonathan Stewart is the volume play. Right. He's
1: going to see the ball 20 times. And Carolina, with Ted Ginn, with Jericho Kotcher, with the exception of Greg Olson, right. they don't have much of a pass game. It's just Jonathan, and Cam, Jonathan Stewart and Cam Newton show yeah. and Greg Olson. Go with Stewart. I think
0: he's a lock with volume play. Yeah, I mean, and here's what stinks with with Jonathan Stewart, with this Carolina Panthers, the way the, – the amount of times he's touching the ball, the way he's performing when he when he has the ball, we should be talking about him as a top three or four fantasy running back. The, the problem is he can't – other than that Seattle game, which was a, a bit of an anomaly, he can't seem to find the end zone. No. It, that's, that's Cam Newton's gig <laughs> down around the goal line. That's what they do. So that hurts him. In the full-point PPR, I think that's the only thing that even makes this a question for me, quite frankly – I think Gore could be a bigger part of the passing game for Indianapolis. I think he will be. Jonathan Stewart doesn't seem to fill that role. But do you give me those 20-some carries, again, I'm expecting still at some point, maybe I'm being naive like everybody else, this Colts offense has got to bust out, but it ain't going to be against that Panthers defense. It, I, it's just not. Yeah, I would think the exact same thing. And for all you uh, gurus out
1: there that started Alex Smith, he just had a uh, – 12-yard touchdown run. Kansas City
0: leads 14-3. 12-yard Dre. touchdown run. Yes. Yeah, he just refuses to throw touchdown back.
3: Yeah, he it, hates it. it. But, but, uh, it's for
0: him, man. He, he's a glory hall. Yeah, but good for him. He got that He got that rushing touchdown. All right, to, to a few more of the headlines, Rick. C.J. Anderson is going to be the backup behind Ronnie Hillman this week. What do you take from that? Uh, we, I believe we've had several Ronnie Hillman questions throughout the week and, and in the mailbag. Did this get you excited whatsoever for Ronnie Hillman, or do you think we're still going to see a pretty fair split?
1: Oh, I, I've been saying the last two or three weeks that, that Hillman's the better back, and once he has caught on to pass protect, he gets more playing time. He's had 200-yard games the last three, three weeks, and I think Hillman <clears> – <throat> Until he's displayed, until Anderson shows that he is a better running back than Hillman, now, yeah, I think Hillman is going to start getting the lion's share of of the work. I mean, it's still going to be a split, but I think it's going to be more towards Hillman than it is towards Anderson. <laughs> and with the with the failing power of Peyton Manning's arm and the falling temperatures, I think you're going to see more and more of the running game. And if their defenses keep them in games, yeah, I think Hillman's going to be great play.
0: Yeah, and coming off back-to-back 100-yard games, not sure what what you're going to see. I I still don't know what to make of this Green Bay defense. By the numbers, they're right at towards the top. If they're not at the top. But they give a ton of yards. Here's what I think. Here's going to be sort of a bold prediction, I, I think. If they do this, if they make this move and say Ronnie Hillman's our number one back, And you're going to see C.J. Anderson in special packages, in third down, in situations like this. I think this could bode very well for both of them. Clearly for Ronnie Hillman, coming off the back-to-back 100-yard weeks, although that one two weeks ago was a little bit counterfeit with the – or three weeks ago after the bye – yeah, you know, with one of them being an eighty five yard run. You can't take that away, but at the same time But he's it, still showing the explosiveness. Yeah, at the same time it plus the numbers. I don't want to give the impression that he's gonna see the ball twenty times, average five yards a carry, and there there's another hundred yard game. But that not notwithstanding. So he's going to be the primary back. I I agree. You're going to see more and more of the of the running game. You're going to have to as, as Peyton Manning struggles, and it's only about to get worse. Yeah, you know, we've reached November. This is the time of year it starts going the wrong direction for for a Peyton Manning. But I think CJ Anderson in PPR formats in a defined role as a third down scat kind of guy, pass catching back not having the duties, the full duties of a number one running back. And maybe he's not ready for that. And there's in, in full point PPRs, there are plenty of guys in this league who can be that number two guy playing in those certain packages that you can see their numbers boost. You could see him actually become a viable fantasy play. He's not going to be that top five running back, that first round pick. Everybody wanted him to be. And Rick, you and I screamed at them that that it wasn't going to happen. So we got one right. Anyhow, however, I think this could be a a boost for his value. Certainly, you're not getting that first-round value that that you paid for him. But I think this this works out, I think, better if this happens and they stick with it for both guys. I expect C.J. Anderson to be on the uptick now, now that his role and his responsibilities have changed into a role and responsibility I think he's more built and equipped for. Yeah, I mean – Yeah, I think you have to
1: just more wait and see now. I mean, you know, we can say, you know, this is going to make a huge difference. But, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that are going to be washed out with Denver this year, I think. Look, they're undefeated. They're much maligned for being undefeated. You know, Peyton Manning's over the hill, yada, yada. But they're still winning. I mean, you know, they're winning with defense. They're winning in spite of Manning. So I, right. I, I <laughs> think, think what's going to happen... thought you'd say exactly. But, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff is going to wash out, I think, this year. And I think we're going to get a lot of, you know, good info on Hillman and Anderson. This could be uh, a, a duo starting next year, or maybe even starting this year as Manning keeps throwing these lame ducks out there. Right. So, you know, we'll just have to watch that. But anyway, let's get on... Uh, on on the schedule here, it's fourteen three as I mentioned with uh, Kansas City over De- or Detroit right now, and um, you know we actually had a uh, question in the chat room or not in the chat room but in the mailbag that I thought was interesting. All right, we're just talking about Peyton Manning. They're at home against Green Bay. I mean, you know, you expect this as as a shootout, and and we have one New York Giants going to New Orleans. Eli or Peyton?
0: Ugh. It's got to be Eli. It absolutely has to be Peyton. Not only for me is Peyton a sit the rest of the way out. Put him on the waiver wire. It's it's over. It's done. I think it can get better. I think they can tailor the offense a little better. I, I don't think he turned, continues to turn the ball over the way he has. I honestly don't. I think he's too smart for that, even with physical limitations. I think if and as he learns his physical limitations, you'll see the, these interceptions go down, the, these silly turnovers go down a little bit. That said, he's just—he's not Peyton Manning of old. So this, this is Eli. It doesn't matter who the matchup is. Any week, it's a given, it's Eli. Eli is the, the good Manning now.
1: Yeah, I, really, unless Peyton's, you know, explodes into – Two weeks of three fifty and three touchdowns in a row, which yeah, is not going to happen. Just not, not going to happen. I agree. I, I think you go with
0: Eli. <laughs> All right, a couple more headlines, Rick, and then we'll uh, we'll hurry up and get these games picked, and maybe we'll hit our starts and sits as we as we pick the games as we see a good start and sit. We'll we'll meld them together. We'll get Scott here in in about fifteen minutes. Vincent Jackson out this week, Rick. Uh, obviously, hurts Vincent Jackson. What does it mean for uh, Mike Evans? Yeah, he's been wildly inconsistent
1: already this year. And you take out of Vincent Jackson, I, you know. I, I think you have you know, Obviously, he's a must start. This could be a boon or a bust for him. That, that's, that's the thing. And you just really don't know with Tampa Bay right now. You know, they they could turn it into the muscle hamster show if they can get the the run game going, or all of a sudden they could start force feeding Evans and he delivers. Right. To me, I think he's a must start, but uh, you know, I am. I. Uh, I really have a hard time, you know, believing in Mike. You know, I'm not a don't own a whole lot of Mike Evans no, anywhere. No, and, and it's for this simple reason: it's I thought he was overvalued coming into this year, as I wrote or in the preseason, and I think he's still overvalued. Yeah, he's going to give you those huge games. But
0: he's kind of like, he like last week, as predicted whoa, by Rick Leiger, exactly. right here on the. Uh, but he's also time.
1: the Keenan Allen of last year. Yeah, I mean, he'll disappear, and it's not so much a knock on him; it's the inconsistency of a bad Tampa
0: Bay yeah. team and a, and a young, mistake-addled, decision-making, struggling quarterback. Right, and I think that that's the point here. As you said, you have to play him; you have no choice. Being him, he along with Doug Martin, the only true weapons in that Tampa Bay offense. Now you take Vincent Jackson out, Austin Safarian Jenkins is still out, who in the game and a half that he played, Winston showed a real propensity to get the ball to him. So that's a guy I'm monitoring going forward if he can get back in the lineup. So you have to play Evans just based on opportunity and his standing within your lineup. This is your number one or at worst your number two wide receiver in all likelihood. That said, him being the only weapon with a Jameis Winston who struggles and tends to lock in, Atlanta should have every opportunity to take Mike Evans away. Yeah, they should. They know is
1: that defense good
0: enough to do it? That You don't know. And if you throw the ball potentially 20 times Mike Evans' way, he is good enough to maybe pull six or eight of them down in spite of, of all. So you have to play him. But, yeah, I don't think it's a, a lock. Right. that he has a huge game like he did last week. All right,
1: let's move on to something very important. Oh, Acqu- very important. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, the Chargers are planning to play Antonio Gates. All so I let saw the that. Gates open. <laughs> I went there, or I saw that, and I went to the chat room, and the instant question is, should I get Liberius Green out of my lineup, or do you still like Green this week? Ugh. It depends on the option that you have, right. I, I
0: would guess. Who's the other one? I think Green still gets...
1: I think, yeah, I think Green is certainly going to get enough work just because Gates is playing does not mean he won't feel some discomfort in that knee or he's going to be able to be Antonio Gates that we've come to expect and get beyond the field all the time for Rivers. That being said, you know, there's nobody in the red zone that Rivers likes to go to more really than Antonio Gates. Oh, and in the chat room. We have to start a tight end and a flex, and it's Ladarius Green, green, Jimmy Graham, Dez Bryant.
0: Oh, man. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) You know, that's... So, Jimmy Graham's the obvious play there. Yeah, I mean... It's based on attrition. I know how you feel about Graham, but based on... And and what he's been doing this year has been atrocious as far as Ladarius Green or Dez. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, I... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, do we it, go with Des here. I think I'm going green. You do? I don't I, know. I don't hate it. I'm 51.49. Yeah, you know what? For all the thing, all the stuff we talked about off the top of the show, I just don't trust Des. The problem with Ladarius Green, he's not going to find the end zone unless he busts one long. But I think he is going to be a major play still between the twenties. I think I go with Ladarius Green, assuming this is a PPR. Maybe in a standard, you could talk me into Dez, Rick. I'll put it that way. I don't know if, if they said in there. So, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take the Cowards way out. I'm going to take Graham and Green in a PPR, and I'm going to take Graham and Brian in a standard because I think we know, unless he busts one long, Green's not going to see the end zone in this game in a standard league. In that case, I'll, I'll count on on Dez they're chucking one up to him at some point in the back of the end zone because that's got to be the only reason they're bringing him back. Yeah, I... I
1: mean, I, I'm still, I'm still really hesitant to be taking Des today. I, I, I think he's being rushed back. Look, he had surgery on a broken bone in his foot. I think it's just, I think it's just more or less a a trial, a, you know, a trial and see what happens in a game time situation for a few plays. I just, I'm just not convinced that Des is going to get a full complement of plays. Grant, to me, is the obvious choice, even though I don't like him. But I think Green's the second choice, Be quite frankly. I, I I think he's going to be on the field a lot more well, than I, Dez is. No, uh, I, I do
0: agree with and, that.
1: And I think in either format, I'm going Green over Dez. I, I'm just a little too cautious to believe that Dez Bryant is going to be able to withstand the rigors of many plays. After Look, he had not played since week one. Right. And he was just just in conditioning last week. Right. I mean, it's, it's not even like he's been really, really battle testing, even running and and, and going through contact practice and
0: so forth. So yeah, I, I got to go green. All right, well, let's uh, let's pick some games here. Kansas City uh, kicks a field goal. It is now 17-3. The, the hat, Jekyll and Hyde nature of your uh, Detroit Lions uh, continues, Rick. Yeah, my Looks line. like uh, Stafford just got intercepted, if I'm reading this right, and Kansas City has the ball once again. So, Rick, let's uh, move down. We've talked a lot about this game already. Tampa Bay at Atlanta.
1: Yeah, I, look, Tampa Bay has shown – Shown that I think they're in the right direction, but I think Atlanta just has way too much firepower. And um, I like Atlanta at home; they have too many weapons. I like Atlanta thirty-one, Tampa Bay seventeen. Yeah,
0: I, I think ta- Atlanta wins this game fairly easily. I think it could be a, a bit. High. I hope it can be numbers been they haven't been terrible, but but Julio Jones just hasn't been that that locked down, locked it up throw-away-the-key type of 10-reception ten, ten guy. I'm not sure what's going on there. Matt Ryan not really putting up the numbers. Well, they have Devontae Freeman, for one thing, yeah, they earn. have not had a running game since Michael Turner. Yeah, I, I don't care for that. I'd like them to get back to the passing. <laughs> yeah, sure oh, I own no Devontae Freeman share, right. it really upsets me. But I'm going to take Atlanta there. San Diego at Baltimore. This game could be played in the 70s with these two pathetic defenses.
1: You know, San Diego is, is kind of a tough passing uh, matchup. But they give up a ton of yards rushing. I tell you what, you know, certainly Justin Forsett is a must-start running back. I like Baltimore at home. You know, San Diego hasn't done anything to convince me that, look, Phillip Rivers threw for over 500 yards
0: and they lost. I'm I'm going Baltimore 31, San Diego 30. Yeah, I'm going to go with Baltimore here as well. San Diego having to travel across the country. I just can't convince myself, although I see it on the field, they're that bad. I can't – every week I say this, is Baltimore really bad enough to be one and whatever? And quite frankly, if, it, if not for an idiot kicker, as uh, Peyton Manning might say, that they'd be an over at this point. I think these are two very, very similar teams. I think Baltimore finds a way to get it done at home. To your point, Phillip Rivers has thrown the ball over 100 times in the last two games, both games. Looks like they lost. I don't think this game's gonna be played in the 30s, and I think Baltimore finds a way by a field goal. But this one comes down to the last drive. Minnesota at Chicago can't figure out the Chicago Bears, Rick. I still can't.
1: No, you can't. But you know now there's rumors that Matt Forte is a trade candidate, and I mean, I, I just think that they're it's a mess in Chicago. Even though they're playing at Soldier Field, I like Minnesota. I think a defense is is too good. And Chicago's defense is not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Minnesota 27, Chicago
0: 22. I, mean, I think we see a whole lot of Adrian Peterson, Stefan Diggs on emerging. I think he could have himself another pretty big game. So I will also go with, with Minnesota there. You, Maybe a 10 there. Sure. Kendrick Westrick, an eight-yard touchdown run. Looks like all of my Nile Davis bloviating was – nothing was complete nonsense. So, ignore that. It is about to be 24-3 Kansas City right before the half. Arizona at Cleveland. Go ahead, Rick. Pick Cleveland, please. No,
1: I'm not going to pick Cleveland. I I think Arizona is too good defensively and offensively. I think it's going to be fairly close. But, uh, you know, since Arizona has to come all the way across the country, but, you know, I still like Arizona better. And uh, I'm going Arizona 28, Cleveland
0: 21. Yeah, it looks like McCown is going to be a go. I don't know how much of a difference that would have made. Otherwise, I guess anything's better than than Johnny football. That said, him being nicked up. I don't know who's gonna make plays on the on this Cleveland offense. I, I quite frankly don't. Cleveland's been a little better defensively than I expected. So maybe they can keep keep Arizona out of the forties, but I don't think this is close. This is this is I will go twenty seven nine. I think it's that kinda of, <laughs> kinda of just smack down. Tennessee at Houston. <laughs> oh
3: yeah, what
0: what do you saw? Well, I'm, a, I'm a DeAndre Hopkins. And there's yeah. a lot of Alfred Blue owners out there are quite interested in this game. You
1: know, one surprise, and maybe I shouldn't be surprised, is, but, you know, it seemed as though teams had figured out Dick LeBeau in Pittsburgh. But i tell you what, this Tennessee defense is playing good football. right? Very good football. Even though Tennessee is not playing as a team, I think this is going to be a very close game. But since Houston is at home and they have DeAndre Hopkins – I'm going Houston.
0: I'm going Houston twenty four Tennessee nineteen. Yeah, I I got a close one here. I'll go twenty three twenty Houston. I think I think Alfred Blue sets up for a fairly decent day here. You you just never know. It's flip a coin it, either way. I just got a feeling that, that this could be a good week for Blue. I think Hopkins gets uh gets back on the role he's been on. Uh, Brian Hoyer, actually a yeah, guy I've been playing in dailies. If yeah. I was looking for a value trying to load up other places, Brian Hoyer just Puts, it's not pretty, and he throws a horrific interception late in the game. He's just putting up 25 points each and every week, and I, I think we see that here. I'll go 23-20 Houston, New York Giants at
1: New Orleans. This is one game that I have been tossing around and tossing around. You know, New Orleans is actually, you know, they could get back to 500 and a little bit back into this divisional race. It seems to be run away with Carolina and Atlanta. They're starting to find themselves a little bit offensively. New York, you don't know what you're going to get out of them. You know, one week, uh, you know, you have high hopes, you know, going to play Philadelphia and they stink it up. Then they turn around and win again. But, you know, I know it's not the same karma in the dome. But I still like New Orleans at home. I think they
0: win a close one, thirty-one thirty. 31-30. Yeah, I think Mark Ingram's performed well. Kyrie Robinson emerging a little bit. I still worry about these wide receivers down there in New Orleans. But one thing I've noticed, the numbers haven't been there, what you expect for a Drew Brees. I've watched a lot of New Orleans the last couple of weeks. Brees looks like he's getting healthy. And I wonder how much that shoulder yeah. was affecting the entire first part of the season. He looks like he's headed the right directions. direction. The Giants just – Find new and creative ways to win and or lose games every right. week. That that every team in the East, you never know what you're gonna get. No,
1: it is the mystery division that I cannot figure out. You think someone's emerging and, and going to, you know, take over and then they just flub up something the next week and all of a sudden they're all tight again. Washington coming back, right. you know, the, the week
0: before. And you so can't figure before. out. It, you no, know, it's crazy. And, but what that tells me is, quite frankly, that every team in that division is bad. Yeah, so that That's, exactly. that's all to me, what tells me. So I think this is a coin toss game. I'm going to give if this game was in New York, I'd say the Giants would find a new and creative way to win it. Being that it's in New Orleans, they'll find a new and creative way to lose it. I will go to New Orleans. I think fairly high score, and this has got like a 31-28 type of look to go. it for Let's me. Let's get
1: into the chat room real all quick. Right. We have a non-PPR two questions.
0: Cooper or Des Amari Cooper, Des Bryant in non PPR. All right, it's got to be Cooper to me. Yeah, I I,
1: I, I understand
0: gotta, why Cooper's got himself oh, yeah. a tough little matchup. Well, not a tough little matchup. He's mm-hmm. gonna find himself on Revis Island today. Right. But for everything we talked about with Des, I think they force feed Cooper even in a non PPR. And I still think Derek Carr is is the real
1: deal. I know I know this is the Jets defense, but I think Oakland's gonna score some
0: points, and uh, I think Cooper's the the pick here it's a really good question it is and Revis can make a guy go away but just we don't we know he's going to be on the field 80 to 90 percent of the snaps we don't know what we're going to get with this play it safe there with Cooper
1: and a guy you brought up just in the last comment here the game we were talking about you Frank Gore or Alfred Blue
0: oh my oh you know what I'm going to have to go with Gore here I want to go blue I think he has a big game but there's just too many miles to feed there. You, you got you got Polk. I think he sees a little bit of work. I'm going to have to see it shake out. We know what Gore's role is going to be. I'm not sure he performs all that well. Damn, that's hard. I, I want to say blue. I want to nut up and be a man and say blue. But I'm going to take the easy way and go with Gore just based on – I know what well, I'm going to get Well, I am going to nut
1: up and, and, all right. and then I'll I'll make the decision. I'm 51-49. Oh, no, okay. I ain't going Gore. I'm right. just, I mean, I'm not going to sit here, oh, yeah, boy. I said this. I, look, I – Elver Blue, I can see I can see the point of the question, but I tell you what, you still have Chris Polk who's going to get a lot of third down play and, and some passes go, going his way. And do they try and get Grimes?
3: And, 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 and then, of
1: course, there's Grimes exactly. And um, so, I think Gore is the play. I, I'm not. I would temper expectations no matter who you put in there, but I think you know what you're going to get with Gore. And I think it's pretty easy in my book is Gore and Cooper. All right. All right,
0: let's get back to the schedule here. Okay, this is a big one, Rick. I can't wait to get home for this one. Cincinnati travels here to Western PA to take on Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Yeah, and I tipped my hand earlier to Jersey. Look, Cincinnati's undefeated, a very good team. I understand that, but their opponents, combined record, 14-27. I'm going Pittsburgh. I think this offense, you know – Some of these experts are saying, you know, they got all the pieces back. No, they don't. They don't have Marquise Pouncey, and they don't have Calvin Beecham. That's true. That being said, the offensive big playmakers are all there. I think Pittsburgh is good enough, even without Pouncey and Beecham in there, Pittsburgh is going to be very hard to stop offensively, and I like Pittsburgh thirty-five, Cincinnati twenty-nine. Yeah,
0: I, I think it definitely looks like a shootout, which means write it down. This thing's going to be thirteen-nine in the fourth quarter. Right. Every time you see see one of these shootouts, look, I think that Cincinnati defense is good. I think they're real good, and I think that's been the difference this year. Andy Dalton, Gio Bernard, AJ Green, maybe even maybe Marvin are going to rack up a ton of yards. The Steelers have kept their head above water with this bend but don't break type of philosophy. For two reasons, I'm going to go with the Steelers here, and they're not necessarily just what you would think. Because I think there's going to be – there's almost going to have to be a rust factor with Ben Roethlisberger and a pretty good Cincinnati defense. However, there's two things at play here. Number one – excuse me, I'm choking up here. I had a little uh, Halloween festivities last night, Rick, if you know what I mean. But anyhow – yeah, you ate baby roost till ten thirty. <laughs> well, I do do like a baby roost. my joy, that's where it's at. Yeah. That's a whole different conversation. I think if you saw the frustration from from an Antonio Brown, you saw the frustration from a Le'Veon Bell at times. You have these big playmakers. I think the psychological boost these guys are gonna get getting their quarterback back, getting their captain back. That's number one. I think that could work through whatever rush you're going to have out of a Ben Roethlisberger. And I, obviously, you're going to get big games out of these two. But number two, I was listening to uh, the the Fantasy Station on Sirius driving around yesterday afternoon. I heard our buddy Dan Claskins, who does his uh, Sunday morning show down there in Cincinnati. That's yeah, the show I, mean, I like go 13, on. In.
1: 1380, Fox I believe. It, Radio. Yeah.
0: I can't remember the the, the call letters. But. That's the show I go on every now and again when I got to dip out of the show here. And I heard him saying he's a Cincinnati guy. got a lot of insights to Cincinnati. And he made a point that I hadn't thought of. I was leaning Cincinnati here earlier in the week, and I might have picked them on the – but he said these two teams are, are ostensibly even when you look at them on paper. Cincinnati's sitting undefeated. If the Steelers lose this game, the division's over. It's just over. Things in the NFL tend to have a way to keep themselves interesting until the end of the year. I don't want to say the fixes in or something. These things just tend to work out. Pittsburgh has to have this game. If they lose this game and now they've lost a game to Cincinnati, plus they're three or four games back, it's completely over. This is a must, must win here on November 1st. And I think the Steelers have the horses to get that done. I think it's a total shootout. A long way to get here. I'm going to take the Steelers 34-31. Let's uh, get rolling here. San Francisco at St. Louis. Now there's one you can get out that snore again if you'd like.
1: Yeah, and I'll I'll take so well, you know, St. Louis is actually making a little bit of noise in the West and uh, you know, they got a great defense. You know, they found a running back. There's no question. It it would be nice if they could find a consistent uh passing game. If they could, they would be very difficult to beat. That being said, I, I think they outclass San Francisco. I like St. Louis, twenty seven San Francisco. 13. Yeah, one thing
0: we didn't talk about at the top: Carlos Hyde is out for right. this game. Exactly, calling Kaepernick up. after two nice weeks. Remembered he was calling Kaepernick in in prime time last week. I don't know how they move the ball. I don't know how San Francisco scores. Todd Gurley's the difference here. I think it's going to be sort of ugly, 17-10 something like that. But St. Louis wins this one at home. The Jets head out to Oakland. This is a tough one. This is an interesting matchup. I, you know, why do I like? When- I think it makes the league better if the Raiders are good. I don't know why. Oh, it's, I don't have that knowledge of them in the 70s like you did, you know, a lot of guys. But something right. about Oakland, maybe it's just because they're always that featured 4 o'clock game, it's nice if they're finally competitive. Maybe well, that.
1: yeah, I mean, being a born and bred Raider hater, I mean, it is nice to see them competitive again. Um, you know, considering we talked about this in the preseason, we we thought there was going to be a lot of ground made up on Denver this year. Look, they're sitting there undefeated, you know, basically well in hand Somehow. the division. <laughs> but, you know, Oakland is really making some improvements. I think Derek Carr is a real deal. I said that from the very beginning. I like Latavius Murray, a little underwhelming this year from what I thought. But, you know, Amari Cooper has emerged. That being said, they've got a tough task. And I kind of like the Jets, even though they're going across country. I think it's going to be a close game. I like the Jets, 27, Oakland, 24.
0: Yeah, I always hate the going from one coast to the other. It is an advantage for the home team. Whoever's going which direction. Derek Carr, in a couple of years, this might be a better match. He's still a young quarterback. I agree he's the real deal. He has taken a huge step forward. But that defense, that secondary for the Jets is tough. And I think the Jets find a way. To win kind of an ugly game, Ryan Fitzpatrick, just good enough to get it done. And I'm going to take the Jets here, 23-20, something like that. Just a
1: little tidbit here for all you uh, Rick Flager, Matt Stafford believers. Right now through the second quarter, he has (laughs) minus 3.12 points.
0: Uh, You know, good luck the rest of the way. Hey, it's 24-3. Minute left before the half. It's garbage time, baby. Garbage time. She's a coming, and I love garbage time. And I got Calvin Johnson. That's but, right. Uh, so you're I still don't believe in Matt Stafford. Seattle I'm, at Dallas, Rick.
1: I gotta go to Seattle. I'm, I you know I know Dez may play and so forth. It's just I don't know. Dallas is a mess. They don't. It goes to show you how good or how cohesive Tony Romo makes that team. Right, yeah, all you Tony
0: Romo haters, here's your proof.
1: Yeah, I mean, they cannot find any magic formula, you know, no matter how pure a pass or Brandon Whedon is, Jerry Jones. You're starting Matt Castle now, and we all know about Matt Castle. He had one good year with New England, and that's been it. I like Seattle. I mean, their offense right now is a mess, but, you know, they, they still have enough. Power, enough weapons to stop Dallas. Right. And, uh you know, I'm going Seattle 24, Dallas
0: 23. Yeah, I think Seattle's a, a team heading the absolute wrong direction, but I don't know where Dallas gets any points, enough points here to win this game. So I, too, I'll go Seattle 26, 17, something like that. As One, we
1: always say, listeners first, we
0: better get to the chat room. Right, it's let's starting it. to pile up a all little right, bit. We have uh Des or Travis Benjamin. Oh, Still got to be Travis Benjamin. I'm avoiding Dez. I'm avoiding I am too. Dez. I
1: have to. I, I, we may get burned, but right. I got to go Travis Benjamin in Week One of Dez's return. Non PPR John Brown. Ooh. It's you know he's just healthy, just coming back. You know or Marvin Jones.
0: Oh, that's so tough. <laughs> oh man, and what I think is going to be a it, be a shootout here. There's John Brown weeks. You never know where they're going to be. Right. He he is such a weapon. They're going up against Cleveland. I'm going to go John Brown here, but that is so close. That is just so close. He's got not a much better matchup, but a better matchup. Yeah, I'm going to go John Brown here, but that one's really really close.
1: I think if you're, it's almost one of these type of deals. If if you're in a pretty secure place. Go with Marvin Jones. For fun. If you're looking for some upside and, and you're in like a must-win situation, I think I'd have to go John Brown because his upside's right higher. And I know it's a coward's way out, but I, I think you almost have to analyze
0: your, your position. When I get in these 50-50 spots, I look at ceiling. The ceiling for John Brown's 10 for a buck 60 and two touchdowns, quite frankly. And we've seen those type of stat lines out of him. Marvin Jones, now this was standard, so the PPR isn't going to – I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with John Brown, but that one's really close. You can play Jones if you're comfortable, if you're secure, and you want to have some fun. There's going to be opportunities there. I think what's different this year, the Steelers have nobody to sort of – historically in this matchup, or in, even in the last couple of years this is the Pittsburgh defense has been on the decline – they could sort of focus on that number one, and you see this number two or number three wide receiver on right. the opponent have a big game. There's nobody to even slow down AJ Green, so I think he's going to be the first option. I think Eifert has a huge game as they get down inside the red zones. Uh, Pittsburgh terrible against tight right. ends. Gio Bernard, they're a terrible tackling, so Bernard has a big game. I just I'm not certain there's enough to go around there.
1: Yeah, and, and the thing about Marvin Jones is, uh, or you know, Sanu as far as that goes. Neither one of those has proven to be the T.J. Hushmanzada. Right, right. Who Jones has in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I I feel one of these guys emerges as as, a really solid number two. I mean, you know, I, I would very hesitantly, you know, believe in Marvin Jones. Let's go to a league fairness question. Ooh, okay. In our opinion, is this a fair trade? A 7 and 0 team traded Elshon Jeffrey and Justin Forsett to a 5 and 2 team for Julio Jones. The league was upset but not get sufficient veto votes. And he added, I believe the team records
0: were more of a factor than fairness. Okay, um so basically, yeah, the, the uh, other owners don't want to see the 7 and 0 team getting Julio Jones there's nothing unfair about this trade. No, he gave up two players right. who are producing fantasy-wise right.
1: to a team that may be trying to bolster some depth right. on his team. You know, I think it's infinitely fair. Yeah, infinitely I, fair. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, I don't know and, I don't know their lineups so right. I can't really say, you know, why they did it, but as far as fair Extremely fair.
0: Here's what the seven and O team did. They Jeffrey is a guy. They've obviously had other other receivers performing as Jeffrey was out that long, so he weakened himself at, at running back by giving up Forsett. Probably his, could have been his number one, but likely his number two running back. Brought in what could be the best fantasy wide receiver in the league. Certainly a top five. He's going to so he takes the weakness at running back. The five and two team gets some depth. They give up Jones. They're probably weak at running back bring in Jeffrey, who they hope can perform near to where Julio Jones does. So this is infinitely fair. And I agree. It probably has more to do with the records of the teams. You don't want to see the seven and O team getting Julio Jones, but there's absolutely nothing to veto here.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I think that's why they did not get the, the veto votes. I mean, yeah, maybe they're kind of upset because this team is probably not going to lose a game
0: now, <laughs> you know, but, um, yeah, it, it's both teams made fair. themselves better. It Without is, knowing their lineups, I can promise you both teams made themselves better, and that's the only determinant of fairness in, in a trade, quite frankly. Right. Okay. Oh, <laughs> do we geez, have a call? That we have, I believe, this is uh, probably uh, Mr. Scott Fish on the line as we are late getting him on. Scott, good morning, buddy.
2: Hey, what's going on? What's going on, boys? Uh, can I make a comment on that fairness trade? Did you say that was in the chat room? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my shower must be frozen. Okay. <laughs> I want to make a comment on that. Can, can we ban leagues that even have veto votes for anything other than collusion? That trade is about as thin as a trade could be, and there should only be trades from vetoes for collusion. That, I have no problem with that trade. In fact, I, I actually like it for both teams, a 5 and 2 team, getting that kind of depth. Alshon Jeffries could predict as well as... Julio Jones for that. System. I think that's a great trade for both. I, to veto that, you might as well veto every trade that has ever existed. Just, just don't even allow trades if you're going to veto that. Trade.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that. There's no question. I mean, that was a very equitable trade the whole way around. Don't know the exact strategies, but I think Rick covered it well. And, um, you know, there, there's no, no reason even to have a veto vote on that. As a matter of fact, in our league of consequence, there is no veto. And, I mean, you know, I, I'm the commissioner. I can see if there's collusion. And there's only collusion if you have, say, somebody trades, I don't know, for example, say, uh, you know, say you trade an Elshon Dreffery for somebody and then they try to make a same deal the next week or something. I mean, you don't have that. I mean, it, it's a three-week waiting period to lose a guy like that, you know, in, in trades with another guy or with another team. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, there's no nothing wrong with that at all. I mean, absolutely fair, a wonderful trade the whole way around.
0: And I, I've always, Scott, and you run the, the biggest fantasy football league on the planet, I, I have to assume. Uh, we could probably make that claim with having no statistics behind it. I agree, number one, no veto, because what it comes about is that nobody wants to see the 7-0 and team getting better, number one. Number two, I've never believed in protecting somebody from being stupid, <laughs> even if I'm not a part of it. If they think they're making a good deal and it's there's no collusion involved as a fellow owner in the league, if I got a dummy in the league, let him be a dummy and do dummy things, and that's one less guy I have to worry about. Exactly. Why do we have veto power to protect somebody from themselves
2: yeah, and we we cannot predict the future I mean two years ago, if you had traded Trent Richardson, who was arguably the number one running back in the n f l for say, I, mean, I don't know for for like a draft pick that's got you, you know, AJ Green or something. People people would have been up in arms if you had traded Trent Richardson for something of a lower value. And, and that trade looks like gold nowadays, you know? It's, exactly.
1: Know I agree 100%. Let's get to the chat room. We're running behind and, uh, you know, we've got a lot to cover here. But we have a non-PPR question. Frustrated owner drops Carlos Hyde and Ryan Matthews. All okay? right. Drops them. Wow. Okay. Which one would you want? Oh, or oh. would you pick up David Cobb? This guy has lost Foster, so they only have Bell and Doug Martin at running backs. So they're looking to get some depth. If it was me, I'd pick up Hyde. I think so.
2: Yeah, I can't help you right now, and that's definitely not this week, but. Uh, I think he's got the highest upside of any of the – you said Ryan Matthews and David Cobb. I I got to imagine Hyde's got the highest upside of all three of those.
3: Um, yeah, I agree. Well, I'm with you, Scott. Greatest,
2: but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you have
1: Bell and Martin starting, you really don't need Hyde this week. So, I mean, I, I think he would certainly How be the frustrating most...
0: you have to get the drop Carlos Hyde?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, unless you're sitting there with Peterson and Forte and right. somebody else. I don't know. But anyway, okay. PPR Flex. I think this is an easy one. James Jones or Duke Johnson. I think it's James Jones all day long and Sunday too. Wow,
2: that one's interesting. Uh I, I also agree I would go James Jones, but man, they're, they're playing a tough Denver D and uh Duke Johnson. I suppose Arizona's pretty tough too, so just, just keep me with uh, James Jones. But it, I can understand the uh the you know the,
0: the right. right. Yeah, I get it. But I think it's Jones. It's just when they need a big play, when they, when they get inside side the red zone, it's James Jones. And I just keep rolling that hot hand. And I would, too. I mean, waiver wire pickup of the year thus far. Just a forgotten man. It's fun to watch. Yeah,
1: there's no doubt. And look, they have, he has history with Rodgers and, you know, it's pretty apparent that, uh, you know, Rodgers still trusting James Jones to get it done, especially with Jordy Nelson out. There. And if, if there's going to be some pass catching, I mean, James Jones has a great shot of catching it. So, uh, yeah, I, I, to me, it's James Jones.
0: All right, let's move on, Rick. All right, let's hit the mailbag here. I need to start two in a PPR, and then here comes this name again. And the second one's come up all day, too. So we got James Jones, Marvin Jones, Nate Washington coming off the big week, Stevie Johnson, or Amari Cooper. So I need two. It's a PPR. James Jones, Marvin Jones, Nate Washington, Stevie Johnson, Amari Cooper. Scott, we're going to let you start this one. There's a whole lot of work right here.
2: Well, I, uh, I, I'm i obviously picking Amari Cooper because I, I don't bench him for anything, even league this island. Um And <laughs> as much as I kind of want to play Nate Washington in the quote-unquote Nate Washington revenge game this week, I think I'm going to go with James Jones. You know?
1: I tell you what, Scott. I'm going uh, Amari Cooper as well. I don't. I do not think you bench Amari Cooper. I don't care who he's playing against. I, I think I'm going to keep him in the lineup. And, I, and I'm with you. To me, it goes down to James Jones or Nate Washington, and it's it's close to me. Um, Nate Washington is, is one of those type of guys that uh, seems to be getting it done. And boy, I tell you what. I think he's a pretty good option. I think I might sneak in.
0: Nah, I'm going James Jones. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it unanimous. I can't believe this one. Uh, long as it is, I always pick these ones because we end up with two, three wildly different answers and don't help anybody. And uh, I guess that makes me chuckle. I don't know, but James Jones, big opportunities in the end zone. Amari Cooper, I do hate Revis Island, but I just don't want to get caught with my pants down. He's going to get the targets. Let's jump down here a uh, PPR flex: Eddie Lacy or Steve Smith. Smith until Lacey,
1: you know, Lacey's going up against a tough Denver defense. Smith, you know, with the exception of Olsen and Stewart, is the biggest weapon. You know, they're the big three weapons right now, along with Cam Newton for Carolina. What am I thinking? I mean, with Baltimore, they just don't have Flacco and Forsett and Smith. I mean, you know, you have Aiken, very inconsistent, there's nothing there. Yeah, you know, Crockett Gilmore certainly isn't uh, the second coming, or Greg Olson. Give me Smith.
2: You know, I think if uh, James Starks wasn't wasn't questionable, like if James Starks was definitely going to be in there and maybe possibly splitting it up with Lacey a little more, I would uh, lean Steve Smith. And I totally get it, Steve Smith, uh, when uh, he put up decent numbers. I'm going to go Lacey just in case just in case uh, uh, James Starks is not playing. Even if James Starks does play, I I assume it's going to be gimpy and they're going to want to run late for a little longer.
0: uh, I'm going to go Steve Smith here, especially it being a PPR. I like the rationale for Lacey. I think he's due to break out. I think he's just too good. I think this is going to be a very similar setup to next year, which will make a draft preparation and ADP for Lacey very interesting, assume that does, assuming that does happen. Baltimore should be able to move the ball a ton on San Diego. Steve Smith is the only weapon outside of Justin Forsett that, that Baltimore has. So I'm going to go Steve Smith here. I don't like the matchup with Denver. That factors into me in this game as well. So I'm going to go Steve Smith, but I'm ready for Eddie Lacy to bust out. I don't know if it's this week, but I'm ready for it to happen. All right. We got a six-point
1: touchdown question. Peyton in prime time. Here we go again. Yeah.
0: To me, I mean, I think it's so easy. I'm going to one. say the other guy before you even Bill Rivers. Me. Yeah, Phillip Rivers. He's going to find some fantastic way to lose the game. He's going to look angry and constipated, but he's likely to throw the ball another 40 or 50 times. Peyton's done. Peyton is waiver wire fodder for me at this point.
2: Wait, so first off, I'm a little surprised that Peyton is actually on a roster still. But um, so we have uh, Philip Rivers, who has been torching teams, going against uh, the second-worst fantasy defense against quarterbacks that have been allowing – have allowed 22 more or more points to a quarterback six times this year. <laughs> Give me Rivers in the biggest Flieger cannon that you got over there, Flieger.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no question. I've already put that in the chat room in capital letters and exclamation point Phil Rivers, which means Peyton Manning will throw for 425, four touchdowns today. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, uh, we'll be wrong. But I, all day long, I got to go Rivers over Manning. I mean, Manning has done nothing to convince me that um, there's any reason to have him
0: in your lineup. No, and Rivers just got a torch. Okay, I'm going to give
1: you a question here. i got to get a question. Derek Carr.
0: Oh, this is a Rick Briggs question. Or Jay Cutler. Derek Carr or Jay Cutler. All right, uh, Scott, see if you can steer Rick down the wrong path. Keep in mind, I am playing him this week.
1: Which means your answer is nothing. (laughs) So only Scott's means anything.
2: Well, Derek Carr is playing the Jets, and uh, Jay Culler is playing the Vikings, who uh, both have top ten defenses against the quarterback this Both have allowed eight passing touchdowns this year. Both have allowed, you know, about 1,400 yards passing. This they're, they're basically equal defensive matchups. So I'm going to go with what I feel is more consistent in Derek Carr.
1: That's who I have in my lineup because they're both at home, and everything you said, you know, I've looked at these defenses, I've looked at the, at everything that's happening, and I mean it, it's very close, but I'm going Derek Carr. I think he's just been more consistent. I mean sometimes you can get a you can
0: get Jay Cutlerized
1: and just be you know torched for your week.
0: Yeah, I, I think what it comes down to, as much as I hate to help you on a week where we're playing there is less chance that, that Carr throws up all over himself. You just never what what know what you're going to get with Cutler. So in a bad matchup for both, take the more consistent. All right, well, in all capital letters, we have help with what appears to be 74 exclamation points. So okay. he's very, very worried about this. <laughs> yeah. Travis Benjamin or Brandon Cooks?
1: Oh, give me
3: Benjamin.
1: Give me yeah, Benjamin. I, I, I'm so so tired of the inconsistency with new orleans i mean like you said i talk. i mean i have willie sneed hoping i'm going to get a big week out of him you know because i have des bryant and i don't trust him but you know it, it's just terrible with new orleans they may he may have a huge game but i gotta go with benjamin he is the number one option right now in cleveland
2: is, is this tpr
0: Oh, let me see if he said that in amongst all of the (laughs) exclamation points. No standard league, standard league.
2: Okay, then I'm going Benjamin. Um, PTR would have been really close. I think Benjamin's got a lot tougher matchup against Arizona, and I feel like the the New Orleans Giants' uh, game for Cooks is going to have a lot of scoring. So I would have leaned Cooks probably getting over 10 targets, but, uh, I think Benjamin's a little more likely for like a hundred yard game or a score. I know, I know Benjamin hasn't scored since week three, but I, I think it's possible. I think, I, I think that, uh, I think I just, just lean that way. Just, just ever so close.
0: Yeah, this one's close. I'll make it unanimous. I think maybe a little more big play potential there. Cooks has been such a disappointment. This was a guy, many, many, many folks who do what we do here had, had stacked up to really bust out this year and it just it hasn't been there I don't trust him. I, I still I can't believe I'm saying I still don't trust Drew Brees completely so I'm going to go Benjamin there they're going to struggle they're going to be behind and Benjamin really it's you know, safe for maybe Duke Johnson about the only playmaker they have going in a PPR we, we knew we had to get to this guy already we've got Eric Decker or Stefan Diggs
2: um, This one isn't even remotely close for me. <laughs> Maybe I'm just too much of a Vikings fan. But uh, Stefan Diggs has started his career. It's, it's the best, best start of a rookie career. Best first three games since Quan Bolden. Uh, I expect that to continue. He's clearly got something like Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, give me Diggs.
0: Yeah, I think you got to ride that hot hand. And, and when you get a playmaker like that, and there seems to be a chem- chemistry with Bridgewater, this feels like the real deal. Yeah, what one week does not a trend make two? You're starting to get there. Three, now I'm all in. This guy's got big play potential. And I, I think it keeps rolling. I think this guy's been the find of the of the fantasy uh, world, the waiver wire, and the find of the draft for the Vikings. Yeah, I saw this kid play in college. He is so exciting. Yeah, I'm going to go digs here. So I like Decker. Decker's that nice, steady, solid piece. But I'll take the excitement w- with the young guy, with Diggs.
1: Well, the thing with Decker is he has four touchdowns. And, you know, he's been banged up a little bit, too. But, you know, he hasn't been over 100 yards yet. Let's not forget, he is still behind Brandon Marshall and you know, they have Chris Ivory running wild, you know, on a lot of these weeks as well. So, yeah, I mean, I like Decker. I'm like you, but I have to go Digs, And this guy is phenomenal. Right. I mean, he could be MVP of the fantasy
0: world by the time this season's over if this stuff continues. We've been looking for that guy, and we may have found probably Devontae Freeman as far as surprises, but Diggs could work himself right. up there. Speaking of fantasy, surprises. Gems. this one is tough And a half p- point ppr which tight end do i go with martellus bennett or gary barnage wow
2: <laughs>
3: wow uh, i tell you what you know what
1: I, I'm, in, I'm in some you know some other leagues, obviously and i got in on barnage And I picked up a lot of stock of Gary Barnage. I'm all in with him. And and I'm going as much as I love Mattel Bennett. Look, he was my, what, number three or four-ranked tight end going into this year. (sighs) Chicago's a bit inconsistent. I'm going Barnage. This is the go-to guy. We talk about Travis Benjamin. But Barnage has been just getting it done. What a nice security blanket he's turned into.
2: Yeah. I actually agree. I'm going Barnage as well. Right when you said it, I just, I wanted to go Barnage. Uh, Bennett past uh, September. I don't trust as much. Uh, I don't love Cutler. Even though the Vikings are way worse than tight ends in Arizona, Arizona hasn't allowed a touchdown to a tight end yet. They haven't even allowed a tight end to get over 60 yards yet. I think uh, Barnage might be the one that breaks that. I mean, also just, uh, yeah, give me Barnage.
0: Yeah, what, what I'm going to go with here, what bottom? I think Cleveland finds themselves playing for behind, and Barnage could just set up for a, a ton of garbage time work. Bennett's just one of those. I love Martellus Bennett. He should be. You draft him. You plug him in each and every week. Yeah, in a half point PPR, he's going to get plenty of targets. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey reemerging. I don't know if that affects or or helps Bennett. But Barnage is rolling. I think they're going to be behind. He's going to be the safety blanket with McCown struggling. So I'm going to have to stick with sort of the theme here, stick with a hot hand, and I'm going to roll Barnage. But, boy, that is so tough. You grab yeah. the Bennett thinking you're never going to have to make a tight end decision.
1: Yeah, exactly. But you you look at Barnage since week three against Oakland, 105 and a touchdown, 75 and a touchdown, 139 and a touchdown. Against Denver, he's held to 39 yards, but he had two touchdowns. And last week against that Rams defense, 101 yards. This guy is just... Week to week, gold right
0: now no. looks like Jordan Cameron a couple of years ago. Right. So that might not bode well for for Barnett's down the road. All right, let's keep moving here. Try what we got. We got about fifteen minutes left. Uh, full point PPR. This one's tough for me. Evans or Fitzgerald. What do you think of that one, Scott?
2: Until uh, so, oh, man, you gotta wonder if uh, Mike Evans gets double covered this week against Atlanta. I know Atlanta's pass isn't the greatest, but man, who else are they gonna throw to? Him? I'm pretty sure they only have like two wide receivers on that team right now and one of them was uh you know a late round undrafted team or whatever, uh, Deontay Dye. Um oh man, they could probably triple <laughs> couple Mike Evans this week. Uh I think I think I gotta bench Evans. I I don't want to but uh I think it's just safer.
1: No, I think it's much safer. Look, you got Larry Fitzgerald who is one of the Greatest specimens of wide receiver in the league still, and you got Carson Palmer thrown to him. They're playing Cleveland.
2: Uh, you know, Yeah,
1: hey, he's still not. Yeah, I mean, it, it, all reports were he was playing, but you know, yeah. it's it, it's not you know hundred percent yet. And and let's face it, I'm sorry. We talked about Mike Evans extensively earlier on. I think he's still overvalued. He's wildly inconsistent because Tampa Bay is not that good. I think Fitzgerald is heads and shoulders a better play.
0: Yeah, and I think for, for everything you said, Scott, and we talked about it, if you didn't have an option like Larry Fitzgerald, you almost have to take Mike Evans being the only weapon. You have to assume he's going to get a ton of targets. But, but to your point, he could be taken away very easily, and you'd almost be foolish not to take him away. For that reason, Larry Fitzgerald is going to have just more room, <laughs> quite frankly. Yeah. Like Scott said, they could triple cover Mike Evans because name another weapon, Safarian exactly. Jenkins being out. It, it's Doug Martin, and it's it's uh, Evans, and that's it in that's terms it. of that offense. So I'm going to go with Larry Fitzgerald. All
1: right, let's go to the chat room. We have a non-PPR flex question. And here we go again. Dez. All right. Kendall Wright or Antonio Andrews? Oh, man. It <laughs> couldn't be easy. Exactly. You
3: know, I, I'll tell you what.
1: I, I think in this scenario, I think I may gamble with Dez. I mean, if it's non-PPR, I think ch- chances of maybe, you know, one in the corner in the end zone, you know, you may get a touchdown from, from Dez. um Yeah, you know, I'm not a believer in Andrews. You know, Wright certainly has some upside there. But I think I may gamble with Dez.
2: Yep, this is a Dez one for me. That, purely because by those options I can tell it, it's like it's if it's a league with two three flexes, it's the last flex side. I, I love upside plays in my flex. I think Dez has the best upside. Wright, I think Wright's only had over four catches once this season. Uh, he's had a couple of good games, but, and I know they're playing a Tennessee team that is basically allowing 100 points a game to opponents at this point. Uh, but this might be the week that I want to try to see see if they throw it up to guys and guys get the score for me in that class, non-PPR.
0: Yeah, I think what it comes down to here, really, for Wright to have value, he's going to have to get in the end zone because he's not going to have a massive day between the 20s. It just hasn't bared out. So even coming off the injury, being a non PPR, if I'm counting on the touchdown from somebody, I'll, I'll take my chances with Des, Des Bryant over Kendall Wright. So let's jump in another half point PPR. That's got to be a pain to keep track of half point PPR. I don't like that. Let's get Select rid of that. the internet for you. Yeah. you keep track of it for you. Well, that's true. Hillman, Lacey, or Vereen? half point PPR. Well,
2: Hillman's going up against a crap run All right. Uh, well, I mean it's not crap crap, but it it's not oh man. You got you got Hillman I I'm sorry, same again.
0: Hillman, Eddie Lacey or Shane Vereen.
2: Okay. Oh well, Vereen's been way, way too inconsistent. Even though I think it's gonna be a uh, a high scoring game, we don't know if Vereen's gonna get nine catches or zero. So I think this there's another game I'm gonna go with Lacey.
1: You know, I think I would roll with Hillman on this one. Green Bay gives up a ton of yards, and, uh, you know, I'm just, you know, that Denver defense is still pretty stout. Lacey hasn't broken out. I know he's going to. I I truly believe that, but I'm not sure this is the week. And with Peyton's fading arm, I think they have to get this running game established and the short passes of running backs. I'm going with Hillman on this one.
0: Yeah, this one's tight for me. And generally, if, if I'm the tiebreaker, I like to go the way of Scott. But I, I think this time, I'm going to agree, I'm going to go Hillman here. I think it's a little safer. I just I expect the Lacey breakout. I don't know if it's this year. Sticking with the Ronnie Hillman theme of the show, Ronnie Hillman <laughs> or Latavius Murray? They they didn't mention anything about PPR here. Your boy Latavius, Rick, or Ronnie Hillman?
1: i tell you what. You know, I'm one of these kind of guys, like Scott was talking about, Amari Cooper, he's one of those guys I don't like to bench. But I, I think maybe in this scenario, I'm going Hillman over Murray, going up against that Jet defense.
2: Yeah, the Jets have allowed, what, 300 yards total to running backs this year. Only one running back over 100, which is Ryan Matthews. Other than that, it's been like 20, 20 yards per running back. I, I'm not even joking. They haven't allowed anything to anyone. Um And uh, last last week, I think the Patriots only, like, got one yard rushing against them, right? So, um, yeah, this this is one of those weeks where I think I I like Murray so much better. 99% of the time, I think this one, I think I'm going to have to leave him in.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll make that one unanimous for for everything you guys talked about. The rare defense question, we got the Cardinals or the Rams? Both really good matchups there. That's that's tough. Go ahead, Scott.
2: I, I actually love the Rams defense this weekend. I think the Rams are more likely to, uh, to get sacks uh, this week against uh, San Francisco and against uh, and trying to run around and make something happen. Uh, I personally, I got a question for you after this one.
1: Okay, I, I'm going to go with Scott. I think I'm going with the Rams. And you, you know – I love that. I think Arizona has a Super Bowl caliber defense, but I think Cleveland's offense is better than San Francisco's. Look, that that team is a mess.
0: And I'm going to St. Louis. Yeah, I'll I'll make it unanimous. Kaepernick just loves to turn the ball over. All right, let's get your question in, Scott.
2: Uh, Text from my brother. I I have my answer, but I want to hear you guys. Does Bryant, Devontae Adams, or Dante Moncrief?
0: Ooh, so Bryant Adams, Moncrief. I think that's Moncrief for me. Is
1: this PPR?
0: Yep. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Moncrief there in in the PPR. I want nothing to do with Devontae Adams. I I think they should just put him on a boat and send him away. Everybody ate it on that one. Des, everything we talked about today, don't need to go through it again. Moncrief, uh, Hilton's been emerging quite a bit. I don't like the matchup, quite frankly, against Carolina. But I, I think Moncrief's by far the, the highest upside on this on this group. I think I have to agree
1: there. You know, Indianapolis,
0: they're at Carolina is a very tough
1: matchup. But I still think they're going to get some yards. I think Moncrief's going to figure in some. I don't like Adams either. It, it, it's, it's a – you know, we talk about tough matchups. I mean, that's a tough matchup too. And, and Dez is Dez. I'm just not convinced about him. So I got to go Moncrief.
2: What if uh, Ted Ginn was in the mix and my Creek was
0: not? Oh, so many Ted! I filtered out a lot of Ted. Should we start buying into Ted Ginn? Right. I think in a
1: way you almost have to start buying into Ted Ginn because let's face it, we you know you have him and Jericho. I mean, look, you have Jonathan Stewart, you have Cam Newton, of course, Greg Olson, but. As a wide-outs go, I think Ted Ginn is the main
0: weapon. I might play Ginn over. In, in, yeah, I mean, league. I kind of like do it. Ted Ginn. Yeah. So then if it was Ginn yeah, or Moncrief, I might still go yeah, Moncrief. That would be closer. No, I
2: mean, if Moncrief, I'm talking about, like, he has a second spot. Where, you know, Moncrief takes the first flex. Then uh Adams and Ginn is for the next flex.
0: Yeah, I might Ginn. go Ginn there, I think. I would, too. Yeah. How about you, Scott?
2: Yeah, I think so too. I, I'm I'm right there with you. I don't know what to think again, but he just keeps doing it. I I don't everything in me wants to not like Ginn and not like that passing offense, but uh, he just keeps doing it. So at some point you have to buy in.
1: Well, it's just one of those situations where Cam Newton has to throw to a wide receiver. He can't throw to
0: Greg Olson every play, and Ted Ginn is the guy getting it done yeah no doubt all right let's try to get uh one or two more in here before we're uh, completely out of time here he is again uh ppr this one's a little tougher for me alshon jeffrey or stefan diggs
2: <laughs> that, is lot, Brady, wow.
1: that is that is a very tough question and you know alshon jeffrey is is you know, this this is one of these kind of questions that's kind of like, you know, I can't believe this guy is in this kind of a dilemma. Who right. else does that Yeah, who have? are the other two? Yeah, I wish we I had mean, that information. Exactly. But, uh, you know, I tell you what, I, you know, I, I'm going to have to ride the hot hand as much as I hate to bench an Elshon Jeffrey. I mean, if you're – if this is – God, you don't have a flex you can throw both these guys in or
0: something, but I, I think I'm going to have to go digs right now on this situation. I, I'm going to defer to Scott 100% on this one. My answer will be whatever Scott is, is our Vikings insider. Is there somebody who can take Alshon Jeffrey away?
2: Oh, man. I think I would pick myself if I bench Alshon Jeffrey. I want to know what this guy's options are, that this is right. a question. Oh, my Lord. Um if I absolutely had to make this and everything is even, it's it's just this guy or that guy, I think I would also ride the hot hand because Xavier Rhodes, you know, for that second half, shut down Calvin. He shut down some players. I think he could shut down Alshon Jeffrey. Only one player has gotten 100 yards against the Vikings this year, and that was Calvin. And they've only allowed two touchdowns in the last, To wide receivers in the last five weeks, the Vikings have. So I'm going to go with the better bracket defense in the Vikings and say Stefan Diggs just barely.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to go. I'll make it unanimous. Now. All right. Okay. Just
1: a quick update. Kansas City continues to pour it on. It's 31 to three. Nice. Uh, Travis Kelsey caught a uh, two-yard touchdown catch from uh, Alex Smith. All so right. We have
0: it. All right. We'll get you out of here on this one. This one. This was an interesting one, and it's popped up on Twitter a couple of times too. But this was somebody planning ahead because this was from the email bag. Antonio Gates or Ladarius Green.
2: Yeah, that's that is difficult. I think even with with, with Ga- when Gates plays and he's hurt, he still does damage. I think I'm gonna go with uh Gates. I'd really like to watch that down the line, but I think Gates is uh much more of a red zone target than Witharius Green and and like I said, when Gates is hurt and still goes out there, somehow he still puts up numbers. He he can play injured better than a lot of players.
1: Yeah, he's one of those kind of guys that even if he's not between the twenties, like maybe Ladarius Green will be, when they get to that red zone, you know, Phil Rivers and Antonio Gates are almost psychic, and uh, you know
0: he is very dangerous. And yeah, you're right, he can do a lot of damage. I'll make it unanimous again. Just a lot of peace and harmony on the show today. Well, we are out of time, Scott Fish. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Would you take a second to tell everybody what you got going on?
2: I'm uh, Scott ScottFish24 on Twitter. I'm running a bunch of rookie mocks. In, so 2016 rookies and Debbie mocks, if you're into that. If you're interested, uh, give me a shot on Twitter. Running a lot of them, seeing, uh, seeing what people think of the future players in the NFL. So uh, thanks a lot for having you guys. This is always fun.
0: All right. Appreciate it, Scott. Thanks again. Take care. See you, Scott. All right. Well, that was Scott Fish. We are up against the clock yeah. here. We have got to get out. You've got to go downstairs and, and make that next million today as uh, we switch. Uh, is, right. is, is it Christmas time now officially? When does Christmas start here at, uh, what's this place called, Rosemary, Rosemary Lane? Lane.
1: We are tearing everything down starting tomorrow or tonight,
0: tomorrow. Right, it is Christmas in Harrisville, PA. So Check that out. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah. Any other questions you have in between now and uh, the one o'clock kickoffs at Asylum Football, Asylum at gmail dot com. We will be back Wednesday. Regular show. Check out everything on the network, asylumfantasy dot com. And before we get out of here, oh, okay. we
1: need two. All right. Uh, non PPR: Lacy,
0: Latavius Murray, Ivory, or Hillman. We need two. So uh, Ivory's the obvious one there. Yep. Lacey, Murray, and Hillman and who I have to choose between the other. I'm going to go Lacey there. I'm going Ivory and Hillman. All right. That's Ivory, good. Hillman. Hill, Hillman's right. The, you know what? I'm going to agree with you. All I right. picked Hillman over Lacey 100 times, and then I just went the other way. I think it's because I have the safety of Ivory on the other side, but you're right. Give me Chris Ivory, Ronnie Hillman.
1: All right. Non-PPR, James Jones or Brandon Cooks. I'm oh, going James, James Jones. Jones. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there you go. Away from
0: Cooks. All right. That's it. We appreciate it. Add a silent football if you have more until Wednesday. We'll see you. Take care.
3: I'm a drop a yeah, we're cracking up ACPC, Haskin, George Strait. Where's the girls? About to call them up, a little and draw some hey, trouble, what's up? Uh, it's going down tonight. And now they're running up, got jacked up trucks, a slab covered in mud. Teeny Pops and Daisy Duke Dump. Hopping out, singing out along with them. Now I'm on the side of the bomb while girls